Hello, hello, and welcome back to Bakitaki Season 4, Episode 6, Beyond the Sound Barrier. What a great title that I definitely remembered. Uh, joining me on the show, we have three-time returning guest. It's the one, the only, Phil. The trifecta has arrived. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Phil's a triple threat. He's been on Bakitaki three times. <laughs> I was threatened three times to come on Bucky Talkie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's going good. I, it, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the re- the second half of this season of Bucky dropped last week. So I've been watching a lot of Bucky right before this episode. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's number nine I on cannot, Canadian I Netflix. <laughs> not say the same. I mean, I do. I will say this episode had quite a different feel than the ones I previously had watched, but... We'll, we'll get into it for sure of course of course um so what uh i'm, I'm trying out a new question because I used, I used to ask people what they're watching i used to ask them to cast the baki cinematic universe um but I, so i just watched the final episode of baki hanma and for all i know that's the last they're ever gonna make so i've got a bit of a finality uh towards it so i wanted to ask before the series wraps up what would you want to see? Like, what's something you want to see on this show that you haven't seen before? Okay. I mean, I haven't seen every episode. I've listened to quite a few podcast episodes, but I cannot confirm in this if this has ever happened. Has Tokugawa ever fought? <laughs> I don't think so, no. I, I would love to see a fight with Tokugawa then. I feel like that would be pretty silly. I don't, like, I don't think he'd be good. Like, I don't think he'd be just this, like, hidden master. I can imagine it's like a lot of like, like the Three Stooges fighting. Like, a, like, no, he would be good at like setting up a home alone trap and like trapping a fighter with like cunning. Would he be fighting like a very large man? So like, there's like a good humor dynamic going on. Yeah, you know the classic like the large man goes to swipe, but he like runs between his legs, and then the the large man is like looking under like through his legs, like, oh, where'd you go? And then Tokugawa's like, you know, you're a bad boy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's funny. Imagine, you're just like if no, that's you what like people's downfall is. Like he time. just he, it's it's like um it's like my favorite episode of uh, Smart Guy. Pickle is too used to fighting incredibly strong animals um, that he doesn't know how to fight <laughs> this little tiny man. Um, it's funny. I know exactly what episode of Smart Guy you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's iconic. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. For any, for any listeners who didn't watch uh, the story of T.J. Henderson, uh, the smart guy. Your brother is smart. He's a smart guy. Basically, they build a chess-playing robot. This is back when chess-playing robots were, like, supercomputers. Um, and it's able to beat TJ, who's the smartest kid in the world, basically. But it can't beat, I think, Mo, <laughs> or either that or TJ's brother. Um, because Mar- Is it Marcus? Is it Marcus? Yeah, you might be right. Editor Steve, with a quick correction, it was Marcus. But also, TJ actually wins, but he uses Marcus's strategy. Yeah, and the reason that it loses is because the the machine was programmed to beat a good chess player, and it doesn't know how to handle these moves that don't make sense. Queen takes pawn. Check. Does not compute. Move is whack. Which is one of those great sitcom writing things that, if you think about it for just a little too long, doesn't really make any sense. 
Anyway, mo- moving moving along. It's funny, you're the second guest in two weeks to want Tokugawa to fight people. Um, Wilf wanted uh, Tokugawa to fight uh, Albert Payne, um, which I think would be a good fight. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to Payne. Uh, so just to start things off, uh, the episode... This is an episode where I... <laughs> I feel like this is one of the most like nothing episodes of the season so far. Um, maybe but... that's okay. Maybe that's why I felt like it had a different vibe to it because there's like it's really I don't want to call it a filler episode, but it has the feel of a filler episode. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for like like near the end, we start talking about some of the things that I think are the best the best ideas ever put in Baki or in, included in this episode. Um, but you know, the beginning is very slow. Like, it starts with Baki laying down. He's got a big footprint on his chest from where he got kicked. You know, it's been a while since your last episode. What, what, what did you think was going on when the episode started? I, well, I was so confused, though, because it's showing it looks like Baki's talking, but that was, like, Jiro Hanma? I think, I think Baki was pretending to be his dad. Like, he was doing an impression of what his dad would say. Of <laughs> course he got his ass kicked. He went looking for Pickle without a strategy or any idea what he would do when he found him. He may be my son, but I'm disgusted by his lack of preparation. He was, but I missed that context entirely. So it's just like, what is going on? Is there some weird, like, body switching plot I'm not aware of? Is this like a Freaky Friday situation? But oh, that'd be good. But then it became clear that, yeah, they're just... Yujiro Hanma and uh, Tokugawa are just kind of like... Or what's it, Tokugawa? Yeah, just like chatting it up about Pickles. Tell me. Has the head of the Tokugawa conglomerate gone senile? Mm. <laughs> about uh, their fight, which, you know, again, just kind of like talking about stuff that previously happened, just to catch the audience up, a nice little bit of exposition. Some good, some great lines in there. It's good to um, catch people up, um, because, <laughs> I mean, specifically for people on this podcast, for those, because I don't know how many people start watching season two, episode six of Baki without watching season two, episode five, but... Um, depending on how popular this podcast is, it might it might actually be a significant portion. But uh, yeah, so they're just chatting it up about the fight. It sounds like Baki kind of got his ass kicked, which I mean feels like not. I'm gonna say always happens, but there definitely does seem to be a repeated thing of like Baki getting kind of beat and then having to come back stronger. It seems to be a yeah. It feels like if, <laughs> if the fight lasts like more than like I feel, I feel like a minute then baki wins because <laughs> if it feels like he loses like like literally this fight was he walked he pickle walked him over into the arena and then kicked him in the chest and then uh they took baki away before he could get eaten i mean the great thing about this fight though is uh, wasn't about the fight itself but the friends we made along the way because <laughs> yes. all, all it took was one kick to make us friends for life which <laughs> i mean that one move alone it's given me plenty to think about. Just from that, I can tell what he is. How good he is. That one kick made us friends for life. I, you know, I think of, like, when we met, like, back in elementary school, just, like, hanging out, and I just yeah. gave you a nice swift roundhouse right to the, right to the chin. That's yeah. When I, that's, when we, that's when we knew. I remember laying down on my floor that night, pretending to be my dad. Um, remembering the kick and thinking, "Wow, we've really we've really bonded over something here." Um, it's also just like really strange in the way that they like. I feel like up until now, everything has always been about like becoming the best and the strongest, and then he gets beat, and he just seems like kind of cool with it. 
which kind of seems like the opposite of like everything they've established in Baki a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. This is well. This is the start of a morph because like I've I've now watched the next season and like the first few seasons are very much Baki is very driven by the fact that he hates his dad and he has to beat him. And let's just say by the end of the series, that is not his motivation. So it's, it's beginning to morph into more of a, like, I like to fight type of thing right now. But anyway, uh, let's, let's jump ahead to Katsumi and Retsu talking about, uh, the mock punch. So you, you know, things about bones and medicine. What, What did you think about this mock punch? That it? Isn't that how it went? Your mock punch? It's a good move. It's the only one of yours that ever surprised me. Um, well, the first thing I wrote, like, as I'm watching this, is accelerate. I mean, it comes up in the bingo, but the idea of uh, something being accelerated by your ankles, I don't really know how much force you could, like, <laughs> centrifugal force you could generate in your ankles. <laughs> so I wrote that down at first, but then. All I realized, it just kind of kept going, and we had ourselves a little, you know, the big toes connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bones connect to the shin bone kind of thing going on, and it just went up like, yep. the whole entire body, which I'm not going to say it's, like, wrong per se, like, that's definitely, like, you don't just punch with your arms, you punch, you know, with, like, your hips and stuff, but I guess the emphasis being, like, oh, no, you punch with your entire freaking body, <laughs> every possible articulated joint. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, it doesn't sound wrong, like use your whole body in this punch. But yeah, when you, when you, well, the, the way that I, I, I found it interesting was they were like, um, if you, if you want to break the sound barrier, that's what, 785 miles per hour. So each one of your joints has to accelerate at 68 miles an hour, I think was the math they had. And they said, that's impossible. Theoretically, if done right. You could break mock speed by using the 10 joints between your toes and fist. Mock speed's around 750 miles per hour. So you'd have to twist your joints faster than 62 miles per hour. Impossible. But if you use your spine, which gives you an extra 17, then you have 27 joints, which I believe would just make it so you have to like accelerate at each of your joints at like 30 miles per hour, which also feels impossible. Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, the idea in general, though, of just like, you're going to generate additional force from like parts of your body that are like not really involved in the punch is, is great. Like, we're just making it up as we go along. You don't think the toes are involved? You don't think the toes are propelling you forward? You know what? I actually, I mean, a good base, you know, you got to really plant that big toe and like really just don't you see that in kickboxing all the time like their big toes are like massive they're thick big toes yeah sometimes i listen back i don't know i've never heard of this before i don't know why i politely said yeah i don't know <laughs> can you imagine how horrific it would be if you actually saw somebody's spine and like each joint was like <laughs> propelling them oh. forward at 30 miles an hour or whatever i feel like they'd look like a snake like it would just be terrifying <laughs> Yeah, uh, it would for sure be terrifying. And I also don't know if it came up with this first scene because we'll, we'll get to it, but it's really, this Kitsumi really is just kind of like the focus of the episode. We keep going back and forth. But then we also get some like pretty, pretty interesting skeleton graphics <laughs> like throughout <laughs> the episode, which just seems really out of place for, for 
for the Baki. Oh my god. The skeleton graphics. The skeleton. Like, one of the other uh, mangaka that I like is uh, Junji Ito. Um, Have you ever read any of his stuff? Uh, I I don't know by name alone. So he's like a horror guy. Like, he did Uzumaki, I think. Did he do the whirlpools and, like, the 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 spiral one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I've read, like, one or two of them. I don't know all of his stuff. Oh, I, I love them. They're like they're like little little tiny shorts. They're like Stephen King novels if they were like mm. a lot grosser and shorter. Um, but anyway, like that is the only art style I've seen that that like because he because there's sometimes there's this one story where it's like this person is just growing within themselves and it's like you cut them open and it, it's like a tree ring. Anyway, yeah. that that type of body horror is <laughs> was the closest comparison I could get to the skeletons that they built in this episode. Um, but I, I shouldn't I shouldn't jump ahead because we've got to talk about the chloroform pool. Um, oh, I mean, so much to talk about. First of all, and then again, forgive me. Is that like Einstein there? So great, great question. His name's Albert Payne. Um, he's <laughs> <That's up. laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's, go on. He, go on. He's very clearly supposed to look like Einstein, but at the same time, he's not Einstein. So I don't know what you want to take from that. I'll I'll, I'll take from it what I will. <laughs> <laughs> so the we we jump to the arena where Albert Payne, Tokugawa, and Jerry Stratum are all hanging around, um, and the arena has been filled with chloroform gas. <laughs> chloroform. We pumped 140 dozen barrels of it into the ring and knocked him out before he could get away. Which is uh, just great. But it's heavy, though, so it won't go anywhere. Shouldn't Pickle just die? Like, if the, if, the, if the chloroform gas is there, then the oxygen is not there, right? Uh, I, I think, in theory, you're, you're dead on. But, I mean, this guy also just randomly froze and survived, so... There must be some, maybe he's developed some sort of alternative method of staying alive all this time. Oh, I like that. It's, it's, he's, he's from a time before humans evolved lungs. Yeah, he's like, oh, there you go. Like, he's uh, like using photosynthesis. Maybe that's why he's so strong, right? <laughs> it's photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah. An, an early Superman. Um, so so uh, Pickles wandered back to the arena. They dumped... Um, I guess they just had 1,400 pounds of chloroform or whatever they needed um, that they could just I mean, dump also, in. <laughs> isn't this Tokugawa's, like, isn't that his, like, dojo? Like, where he has all his fights? Like, is he just, like, not fighting for the time being? Because he's like, I guess I just got to keep this guy in my dojo? Or... It's it's not addressed, yeah. Like, you'd, you'd think he would want to do some fights, but, like, you can't because Pickle would just eat them. Also, it's full of chloroform now. But, uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with the arena. <laughs> it's weird, too, because they kind of refer to him as, like, uh, where is it here? Like, is he a lab specimen or stuff like that? But then they're like, yeah, we'll just keep him fighting. But it's like, what? <laughs> There's it's... a lot of tension going on there. Well, Pickle's got this weird thing where he will only eat what he has beat. So you need to throw stuff at him or else he won't eat. And then he would and die. All he needs is food and companionship, and he'll be good to go, which is, like... <laughs> Maslow, that's like most of the like Maslow's basic needs. Yeah, that is the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> pickles. Just pick. I don't think pickles reached the top yet. I don't think he's going for that self, uh, self, oh, self. What? What's the word? Self visualization. Nah. I think that's it. It's self actualization. 
Also, it's Maslow, not Maslov. Maslow. Yeah, I, I mean... Also, I just kind of get a kick that Tokugawa is just, like, always so, so excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He seems to be in a good mood. What, what, does he, what does he say to the, him? He, he says, like, like, the poor boy needs his rest. And then he just, like, he starts yelling at Pickle. I love it. Hey there, Pickle! Yeah, and then there's, like, this great scene of just Pickle descending below the chloroform. He looks like a shark. He just kind of just, like, I don't know. He's just lurking. I like yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Pickle's waiting for the next fight. Um and before we get back to the main uh katsumi stuff we do check in with baki who has learned a frightening new martial arts technique um where he has well actually phil can you just describe this because i i was just too impressed by it <laughs> well i mean at first I'm, he's just kind of radiating energy which is like oh like what is going on and then all of a sudden he just opens his hand and it's just newspaper like it looks like like it looks like a magic trick like it does not look like anything related to martial arts but somehow he makes this comment of like i would never have been able to ball up newspapers with my fists before <laughs> like something i feel like a child could do but i i like i, I i'm very confused as to the the key point of how this is any martial arts like training so from what I can understand, I think the impressive part is that this is a whole page of a newspaper and he was able to get it balled up into his fist. And I assume his fist has not really like changed form or anything like that. Um, it's a stretch to make this cool, especially because afterwards he starts just playing hacky sack with it. Oh, I know. He's like juggling them, <laughs> but in just like a very slow way. <laughs> and it sort of looks it sort of looks like he's bad at it like like i feel like he's like losing control of the one of them the yeah the animation looks like real stiff when they do it which just seems very like ugh. you know what's funny i i've been so i've been complaining about this show's animation for a bit um and i will continue to do so but um i saw an interesting comment defending it and it was just saying that like the character models on this show have so many muscles on them that to animate these muscles moving is just so much effort that they just don't do it. I thought, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, a terrible assumption. Although I've seen lots of animations they do of characters without muscles, and it's not much better, so... <laughs> imagine you're watching it it's like it's like characters in a different frame right like kozaway comes in and she's like <laughs> 50 frames per second baki's like slide showing oh that'd be so good i'm sorry i got a bad ping right now i'm, I'm like a bit <laughs> oh man all right so now we get to the the real meat and potatoes here uh so Retsu and Katsumi are sitting around like like they just played a game of football and are reviewing the tapes um and they're watching mm-hmm. watching footage of a bullet um yep. and and then they record themselves I guess playing with a whip um and in both scenarios but you was, can <laughs> Is there a plane as well I feel like there's just like a jet or something or, oh, or no, yeah. they just talked about it Yeah but yeah, yeah. Um, in both scenarios, the important thing is that these objects are moving faster than the speed of sound, and so they create a, a, a shock wave. 
I honestly, for a second, I was like, is that really what it is? And I just could not be bothered to look it up. Like, it's, it's one of those things that, like, it sounds close enough that I was like, you know what? Sure. I, th- I think this Baki is the master of getting something that's real as you're jumping off points. So you go, oh, yeah, okay. And then it and then it becomes unreal. I believe the shockwave stuff is fine. Um, a whip just, is the first object to break this, uh, the first human I, object to break the speed of sound. I will say though, the way that they just like introduce the whip is hilarious because they're just talking about these like amazing things that it would like create a shockwave, and then they're like, and a bull whip. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and then he just kind of like uses it once, and then just like tosses it aside. This, a bull whip. If you know how to swing this woven leather thong just right, the tip of it can reach mock speed. If you know how to swing this woven leather thong just right, the tip of it can reach mock speed. Was, I mean, I kind of feel, I feel like the bullwhip is kind of an underutilized weapon in the Baki universe right now. Oh my god, imagine if in the next fight he just, instead of learning these stupid techniques, he just starts whipping them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. Um, yeah, no. Unfortunately, um, that's not what they're going to do. Uh, so Katsumi, uh, we touched on this earlier, he has mastered the use of turning his body into a whip, where he uses all of his joints to punch at the speed of sound in what is called the mock punch. Um, mm-hmm. Very impressive. But not just, not, not just like all the regular joints, like he is articulating like every single vertebrae in his spine, which I mean... <laughs> Doesn't make it is what it is. I'm just gonna leave it there. But it, it's yeah. a very, it's a very jarring animation that they just show his spine just like twisting in un, like unattainable angles. And then yeah, and then he just kind of just does it. Like he just, it's kind of funny too. Like this is a very martial art shows, but they talk about this like insanely hard technique, and then he's just like, huh, and he just does it. And you're like, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my favorite, and and it's it's funny to just think of like like. So these are 27 real joints in the body. But that means, like, like how much is coming from my fingers? Like, that's, like, what? One, two, three, four. Maybe, like, five in my hand alone. Like, I don't know how much speed that's adding. But uh, They also said, like, what? Like, each, each had to reach, like, 62 miles an hour or something. It's incredible. It's um, truly... They did inc- it, though. Yeah, he did it, and everybody's impressed for about two seconds before uh, Kaiokaku shows up, the the Grand Emperor, Kaiokaku. (laughs) (laughs) Master Kaku! He doesn't just show up, he like materializes right beside them. They have no idea he's there. He's just kind of like, oh shit. So he's back, he's from China. Did you have any episodes with Kaku in them, Phil? Oh, I mean, yeah, there was a few. I watched, uh, I don't know if like the one I commented on in season two of the old Baki had him, but I did watch a bit of that season with all the grand tournament, the grand Raito tournament. tournament. Okay, so you're familiar with our I'm familiar with this character. Yeah, yeah. Like he, uh, isn't he the one that just like whipped, no, not Dorian's ass. He whipped another guy's ass like right away. Anyway, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, Kaio Kaku was the guy who pulled down the Muay Toy uh, Kaio's pants and flicked him in the balls to win his first fight. Um, that, that was fun <laughs> I, I wish we got more fights like that um, so Kaku comes in and he's like you know you know, the mock punch is cool but uh, I think Katsumi said this is like the ultimate technique and Kaku was like you, you call punching in a straight line the ultimate technique 
That's dumb. You want to see something perfect? Check this out. And it cuts to an egg on a string. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> no commentary whatsoever. Just insta, insta cut to yeah, an egg. And then you don't even really see what happens. It's just it's like a flash, and then the egg has been perfectly sliced. Well, it's it's funny that Kaku like literally said like you think that's the ultimate martial art, just punching in a straight line, and then just punched in a straight line. Except he, yeah, he punched he an egg. Faster, he did faster. That's what you're missing. That is true. Yeah. Um, also, See, it, it's ridiculous. Yes, and we and we should make clear. So the 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 reason there's an egg here. So you hold the egg on a string, you punch the egg, and you punch it with such force that you cut the bottom half of the egg off, and the egg doesn't swing or anything. Um, it's it's quite it's not impressive. Just, it's not the other thing too is it's not just like you're you're breaking the egg, like you're truly cutting the egg. Like it's mm -hmm. not like you're smashing it the shell. Like it it looks like if it was like a hard boiled egg and you just threw put like a knife through it. This this would be probably is, the most handy. It is impressive. Yeah. But also the most handy martial art I think we've seen in the show. Like I would use this all the time when baking. I would just get a little string up. Although I will just, say let me just just get this grotesque shot of him eating the egg after he had sliced it. Oh, there's gonna I'm gonna make a collage or a montage of all the fucking gross this episode was like a mukbang. <laughs> um Katsumi has realized that his punch isn't as good as Kaku's. Now, why isn't his as good as Kaku's? Katsumi is using every joint in the human body towards this punch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Phil, do you want to explain why Kaku's technique is better? Well, essentially, he is saying Katsumi is, doesn't have the imagination necessary to understand that the entire body can be joints. You don't have to limit yourself to the physical joints of your body. You can just do it you can just be joints. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a better way to describe that. Other than no, just that's, be that was that was the original Nike slogan. Just do it, be joints. But they they cut out the, the second line over time. Yeah, um, but truly, like it shows it shows that classic you know uh, weird uh, CGI s skeleton that is again featured frequently throughout this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and so all all of a sudden it just articulates like it does all these joints just. I can achieve supersonic speed using just these joints. Incredible, isn't it? Of course, when I say that I'm limiting myself to the use of those few joints, in fact, that's actually not true. Forget anatomical structure. I give myself as many joints as I can imagine, and the imagination is limitless. Yeah, it basically... it So, you know, when, I, when you think of bones, usually you think of something like the femur, like a long bone like like the type the a cartoon dog would have um but you can also think of the spine which is made up of all those little tiny joints um so what what Katsumi or what Katsumi and Kaku start to imagine is that imagine your arm bone uh what's what's the name of your arm bone uh there's like the ulna the humerus and the radius are the, the oh, big ones i guess i don't know <laughs> uh i'm going to go with the humerus uh, imagine that your humerus became just like your spine, like every inch there was a new joint on it. That's that's how it's described. And I think that what I love about this is it's an evolution of Baki's like opinion on the power of imagination. Like previously, 
Baki had learned how to fight by imagining fighting um, a giant praying mantis. And that was, you know, at the, at it, that's a bit ridiculous, but, at, you know, at its core, it's shadow boxing. And, you know, Baki is imagining ideas and theory crafting how to fight. This is literally imagining so hard that your body is is has evolved (laughs) you've imagined new bones into your body which Um, is great too because it also like kind of jumping ahead a little bit here but then ties in theories of evolution that are (laughs) that make no sense that like literally go against the theories of evolution (laughs) well it's like yeah i'm glad that he believes in evolution but it's also like he believes that like giraffes willed themselves (laughs) into having longer necks like like the basis of it is kind of accurate in that you know like giraffes needed long necks to eat the branches and things like that but where it loses it immediately is that evolution is like this slow moving process that moves thousands of like like hundreds of thousands of years to develop where he's like if i just think i want to do something I have to be like survival of the fittest to do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's it's the great comparison. It's like giraffes necks grew huge. All I'm doing is punching hard. That's nothing compared to what they did. <laughs> oh, it's like the downplaying of what he did. But eventually Katsumi is able to imagine that he has enough joints so that he can perform the mock punch. That also that's the funny thing. I don't know what they call the new punch. Maybe, maybe I've just forgotten it, but like he already could do a mock punch, and this is just yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything that makes me think that it's uh, an, any actual named punch other than just the mock punch. Yeah. Initially had, so. Mock two punch. <laughs> it breaks the sound barrier twice. Um, but yeah, so he he finally prepares to do his his punch against an egg and. Um, my favorite shot of the episode was cut to the egg. My second favorite shot is the like, it's 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 almost comedy. The the cut of Katsumi doing his punch and it cuts to the outside of the building and he's blown the windows off every uh, window in on the floor of the gym. Just a reminder: this is the audio of a man punching the bottom half of an egg on a string. <laughs> Like a bomb has gone. You know what? I've seen a bomb go off on this exact floor because that happened in season one. And it was like almost not as impressive as this. I know, but then, oh my gosh, but then you get like the the scene after where everyone's checking to see what happened and you just get like the glorious solar, like the sun flare throughout all the shots and like the golden hour effect. Like it's, again, it's so weird this season because it seems like three-dimensional in parts but the characters are so flat <laughs> that it, it's very jarring but it was a very cool scene i did like that one yeah so it's good so katsumi has now mastered the uh, mock two punch although even he seems to doubt it a little bit um and that that brings us oh we we, we did miss a scene uh dopo retsu and kaku have a little um a little meeting Honestly, yeah. I don't even remember what they talk about too much because I just found that they were all eating so much and like <laughs> <Very disgustingly. laughs> there were just stretches I, of noise. Like <laughs> it's just Kaiu Kaku basically just being like, I think he's gonna learn it real quick because he's so smart. Like he's like, I think it's gonna be great. And he's like, Isn't that your son that got his ass kicked? Which I I like actually shot me back. Like wasn't wasn't Kitsumi the one who like 
got obliterated by like dorian like yeah yeah that's that's kitsumi that was the last time he did anything (laughs) i only remember him because he was when they mentioned it was he was dopo oropo's son i'm like oh wait wasn't it that guy (laughs) dopo oropo (laughs) whatever whatever his name is (laughs) it's like very close dopo (laughs) oropi dopo orochi Oh, Orochi. Whoops, I have this on yeah. 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 No, I like it. All right. Final scene of the episode. Baki is hanging out with his problematically aged friend, Rumina, down by down by the viaduct. Just, uh, like, also, in, like, the show is, like, not, like, the best voice acting in general. Like, what is going on with Rumina's oh, voice acting? See, I, I disagree <laughs> on the first part. I think this show has great voice acting, except it's for Rumina. <laughs> But, like, I mean, it's not, like, stellar, but this just, like, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Hey, wait, do you have a fight coming up? Rumina's like, Baki, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, honestly, having not really seen this character before, it was not very clear if it was a boy or a girl for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I Yeah, Rumina sucks. Um, it's funny, this is a very parallel to the first time we meet Rumina, because Baki takes him down to this viaduct and then spanks him into the river um Hmm. and gary stratum was there that day too um i don't know why gary stratum was even here uh but they both came to watch baki uh fight against a ghost t-rex or an imagined t-rex yeah just kind of appears out of nowhere i don't think we're ever gonna get to see that fight sadly (laughs) (gasps) i mean you would know but no spoilers. I watched a yeah, lot yeah. of Baki in the last few weeks. <laughs> it's yeah, sort, it's kind of, sort of blurring together. They just kind of talk about like, oh, he's, he's getting ready for the big fight. And you're like, oh, what is it? And then it just, you see the dino appear. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's all very strange. Yes. I, I love it, though. You know, like, the problem with Baki in, like, the, in the first few seasons, I think, is that he was just sort of presented as this guy who knows every who's really good at martial arts which is cool but everybody he fights know like you know kempo or like karate like they have like actual techniques that you can hear about i what i like what they've been doing lately is sort of setting up baki with his own thing which is he fights imaginary creatures and then learns their imaginary kung fu styles it's it's pretty rad in my opinion i'll say all right we all know what time it is. Yeah, baby. So, a big shout out to uh, my brother, uh, guest of the show, uh, or friend of the show, Jeff, who um, I let make a request for the podcast, and one of them was that we play Baki Bingo. He, he, he gave some example cards and said I could change them, but honestly, I love these cards so much. Like, all of these things happen so frequently. Um, it's So, it's basically bingo. Uh, each square has something that happens in an episode of Baki. You know, urination displayed on screen is one of them. Uh, and so, first off, I realized I didn't tell you which one to pick. So, which which one did you go for, Phil? I, I, I did both. I didn't even I didn't even scroll down enough to see there was a second one, so I only did the first one. You know what's funny? I did the first one, and then I was like, "There's no way Phil's gonna choose the second one." So I'm, I'm glad. I, I honestly it opened. I went great, and then I kind of like it's like I know what bingo is. Like I don't I don't assume there's anything else with this. So good to know. 
So let's let's just go through the ones that you you wrote down, or that you were able to cross off. Well, it's funny you mentioned urination displays on screen because I think that was one that the, one of the like if I had gotten that one, I would have gotten the bingo. But going in order, I had I don't know if this would count, but Tokugawa is excited about a fight. I, I mean, he's just so excited, and there's a bit of a scene at the very beginning where he was talking about the fight between pickles and yeah, and I, I, so maybe, I think maybe that's maybe right on the that. line. Yeah, uh, clearly no no female dialogue. I think that that's an easy one. Yeah. Something when, I mean, many people took many disgusting bites of many things. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. Uh, clearly clearly the, the science theory of dubious truth. <laughs> that's like, that's the cornerstone um, of this episode. <laughs> it, it literally is. I, I had uh, Japan's superiority is implied. I don't know, we didn't talk about it, but there's a random scene. It, it is a 30 second narrator thing where he just talks about some time ago, a certain Japanese man traveled to China. He fought many matches against many martial artists and was victorious every time. I think it is Dopo Orobi. It's Dopo. Dopo Orobi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just goes to China and beats everybody. And that's it. It's just like, it's like two lines. That's and all it's... That it, it's, there's no purpose other than to just be like, yeah, Chinese fighters suck. And it's like, yeah, like the story is literally Dopo went to China and beat up a bunch of people. Beat. He went to the circus in Japan and found a child there. Literally, that's that's what it is. So yeah. that's a, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I gave a character glows in a mirage like haze. Of course, I think yep. that happened once or twice. Um, I I don't know if the fighting gimmick one would count. I mean, again. I kind of wrote it because there was I... just a line where Kyo Kaku had he's like, I only use this jo these joints. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> Which I, think I, I think that it does count. I think that we spent the whole episode learning about the mock punch, the OG mock punch, and then it's instantly that's invalidated. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he works all this time. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I had a character is referred to by their nickname because apparently Katsumi is lethal weapon. Which is a Never heard of that shit before. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Lethal weapon. Now I understand. No wonder people call you that. But it is similarly, very clearly that, yeah. <laughs> similarly to the uh, to the whole Japan superiority is implied. The narrator gives exposition exposition that is completely superfluous. That whole that whole story, like that thirty second flashback, literally serves no purpose. Hallucinatory <laughs> uh, or illusionary hallucination happens in the fighter's mind I, I i don't know the next episode so i can't say for sure but that whole final scene with baki i yeah. think qualifies yeah I, same I with the giant same with the giant animal that's like you know big giant animal right there uh and then again this one may be up for debate but the animators are given a scene that is impossible to animate i can only imagine what you would do with the the direction of imagine a skeleton that is all joints <laughs> I think they did an okay job, but I, 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 you could also argue they didn't. So I, I gave that one. Yeah, I like that. So no, no lines, no, no official bingo scores. No, unfortunately, I was too short, or as one short in two instances. If there had been urination displayed on screen or skin removal, I would have, I would have had a bingo, but I was short oh, there. Yeah, and it's funny that's been that's come up a lot these seasons. All right, so I'm not gonna go through all of. I'm not going to go through all of my one because it's, you know, it overlaps a lot, but I will say that I did get a bingo. Um, nice. A, a character is referred... <laughs> yeah. Do you, did you give yourself any that I did not give? Or are they... Because they're the same, are they not? 
there's there's a slight differences between them, and I was able to get one that you don't have, which is a character over eighty is still an effective fighter. Ah, yeah. nice. So I got that with Kaku. The characters referred to by their nickname, Lethal Weapon Katsumi. Uh, I, I gave myself one for a giant animal as depicted, because I think that the ghost T-Rex counts. Um, I, I gave that as well. Okay, good. An illusionary hallucination happens in the fighter's mind. That's uh, the T-Rex again. And yeah. we learn a science theory of dubious truth to explain a fighting technique, which is the yeah. imagination-powered um whip punch or even the original whip punch is on very dubious uh, scientific grounds so that's uh i'm, I'm honestly gonna I, i'm gonna keep these around I, I i'm gonna find more use for these baki bingo cards because i had so much fun filling this out um, it does it does add like a little like an extra level to the viewing experience when you're now just like not only watching the episodes but you're like it's like a drinking game of sorts that's Ooh, well yeah season- is it for finale activity, perhaps? We'll we'll see. It's funny. I wanna I wanna do a big finale for the show, but the problem is like, like you know the timeline. Like the finale of this show is gonna come like when I have like a two week old kid. So I, I I might I might do an early finale and try and try and figure something out. But uh, we shall see. All right, Phil. One last question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of Baki? What do you think? How do you think the show's doing? Do you think it's getting better? I mean, it's kind of interesting because, like, as you know more and more characters, I think, like, when we started this and I watched an episode, it was just a lot of confusion of just, like, what is going on and just, like, a, a lot of ridiculousness. Yeah. But after you watch so much and you kind of, like, normalize yourself to the ridiculousness, you can just kind of enjoy it. Again, this is not maybe a show I would recommend to people to just, like, check out. But I will say I've definitely watched more episodes doing this show than like what I've done, just based on just enjoying the silliness of it all. So I, I would say it's it's on the good track. This whole pickle saga is just like kind of a, a hard right turn from the rest of the show, but I'm here for it. Yeah, honestly, I love this arc. Um, I and especially I I think I said it before. This is this whole arc is made up of four main fights: um, Retsu, Katsumi, and then uh, two more that we'll get to. And I I think the first three are really good. Um, <laughs> the, the fourth one's okay. Anyway, uh, oh man, I, man, what is this? I feel like an actual podcast. I have like five segments I have to cover. Um, we gotta do fan questions. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, and there, there's two this week because I have a backlog. All right. Oh, between me and my co-host, who would be the better Baki fight narrator? Answer carefully, Phil. There's only one correct answer. Can we? Can we? I feel like we would do a. Uh, I mean, I know what the correct answer is. I feel like you and me could, like, effectively tag team it, like Stadler and Waldorf from the Muppets. That's what my gut says. If I had a, if I had a dime for every time you've tried to compare your describe yourself or you and me as Stadler and Walter from the Muppets, oh my god, um, I agree. I think I think that we would be a good uh, tag team duo. Um, you know, because that that's the best way to commentate stuff. You got like a color commentator in there. All right. Holmes, uh, I bet Nichols feeling a little dill after that one. Oh, ho, ho, ho. you know, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly like that. That's 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 good. Um, all right, and then the last question: uh, Who would you want 
who would you like Pickle to fight next and why? And I'll, I'll take this one and then, uh, I, well, we can both answer if you want. But I think it would be fun if Pickle fought um, Kaiokaku or Shibukawa or ba- basically just some tiny little guy. Um, like, you know, that's the real question. Technique versus ultimate strength. Um, we saw we saw Shibukawa fight uh, all of her ages ago, and that was fun. Uh, and I feel like I feel like the reason they didn't do that is because they would win, and it wouldn't be interesting. But wh- wh- who would you like to see Pickle fight, Phil? That's a great answer. Because I mean, I also feel like you know, like the the obvious one after this episode, based on his arc, would be like Katsumi. And yes. at the same time, try to think like, well they're probably saving that for something bigger so like maybe to set it up you could have him fight dopo orochi Ooh, he fights his dad first a motivational thing built into it (laughs) you killed my dad now you must taste my mock punch exactly think about how much faster he could get with the power of love behind his punch as well oh my god that would be so good (laughs) just imagine his dead dad is imagining that he has even more joints in his arm I mean, he hasn't unlocked the biggest joint of all, the heart. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the, that's all. Thanks for coming on, Phil. This was fun. That's all the, all the Baki we've got to Taki for this week. See you all next time. Let's rock. Do, 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 do. That's the opening sound. <laughs>